You may kill me, but you may never insult me. Who am I? I'm Kevin Jack Sparrow. Get the truth about movies on the movie show. If he were telling the truth, he wouldn't have told us. <laughs> Tell them, Sparrow. Unless, of course, he knew you wouldn't believe the truth, even if you told it. Mm-hmm. Hello. Joey, it's Ross. I need some help. Help has come your way because you are listening to the movie show. What is up? Hey, how's it going? This is the movie show. On your favorite ORSPS. I'm Sash. My name is Ryan. And we are doing, did you know, did you realize it, Ryan? We are doing a film review for a film that is 10 years old. Yep. So we are going back 10 years to see, you know, like compared to what's being made nowadays what mm. were they making 10 years ago yeah. and okay no it was completely coincidental i swear we chose the movie we watched the movie i was then doing research and then i typed in the year i was like oh wow it was 2013 uh, and now we're it? in 2023 yeah so this film was made a whole 10 years ago it is a film called lock and the best way to describe this film is you watch one actor driving in a car for 80 minutes on phone calls and done that is that is the that is the film and this has been the movie show from no, joking. <laughs> so yes it's a very it's a very interesting film because because of the fact that it's literally just one man like literally one man the only exception is when he gets in the car in the beginning of the film and at the end when well no the end that ends with the car driving off well he's still out yeah I knew so, I knew it was the end because the camera left him. Yeah, yes, yeah. So it was made in 2013. It's a one hour and 25 minute film. And it's considered a drama, which yes, I agree. Thriller. Which I was actually like, when I did research, I was like, oh, it actually yeah. is a thriller. I didn't actually click. Because it actually really does technically have you on the edge of your seats, shockingly enough. Mm. The fact that this film works the fact that this film works is actually amazing. Yeah. Didn't, I'm guessing you didn't enjoy it, right? It keeps you in. So, concept was brilliant. Mm. Really loved it. But I hated the ending. Yeah. The ending, I also... Because they left it hanging. Like it ended and you're like... What happened? No, that can't be it. What? But I think I understand now why it ended the way it did, right? I didn't before doing research. And then after... So, I watched the film. And while I was watching the film, I was like, this is actually very good. The fact that I'm captivated and wanting to watch this is yeah. actually pretty good and then when it ended i also i didn't really like the ending and then i was like hey. but then doing research i was actually like you know what this film is incredible not just the film in itself but like everything behind the film and all of that so yeah. just to get into all of that wonderful stuff so it is directed by a man named stephen knight where do we know him from this man is around, man, because he doesn't just do one thing. So he's a writer, he's a producer, and he's a director. So have we seen him before? So I know, okay, I'm going to name um, the dire- the films he directed. There's only four. So he's only directed four films. That is Locke, um, Serenity, which I haven't watched, but that's, but that's with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. Wow, those Lots two surnames haze. are the same. Lots of haze, hey? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which I, I would personally actually be interested in watching just just out of because yeah. I I enjoy those two actors and also I do think he's a the fact that he pulled this off he's a good director. Then there's another film called Redemption with uh, Jason Statham. Why does that ring a bell? Oop. I don't know. What is it called? Redemption. Mm. And then he did a TV series called The Detectives. 
So those are the four things that he's directed. However, the stuff that he's been involved in, whether it be writing, producing or whatever, he was involved in the series Peaky Blinders. I don't know if you've ever heard of Peaky Blinders, Ryan. No, I never watched it. Um, then he was in a, involved in another series called uh, Taboo, which is actually um, Tom, I think Tom Hardy, there's a fact where basically the reason Tom Hardy agreed to do this film with him was because he wanted Stephen to write and be a part of his series Taboo. So that's why he was a part of that. Then... Great Expectations, that's 2023 though. There's a film called Allied with Brad Pitt. Don't know if you've ever watched it. There's yeah. Spencer, which was a, a biography or a biopic of Princess Diana. C, the, the series C. Burnt, he was involved in Burnt. Do you remember Burnt? Yes. Burnt, you remember? Um, there's when one, you say involved, is that like directing or producing? or Probably producing, uh, not directing. Yeah. He's only got four directing credits. Um, then Amazing Grace... Uh, he's the uh, World War Z twos on the list here. So he's literally, if you look at his filmography, and that's not even all the films. Like it's he's he's involved in a lot of of stuff. But um, this film was actually a challenge to him, and I actually think um, what he did with it was really really cool. Yeah. Like yeah. And then so also just to mention this, the, it's weird actually that this film. Like the fact that I'd only heard about it because I literally heard about this film this year, which is a whole 10 years later. How did later. you come across it though? So I was speaking with friends and they asked me, I, we were talking about movies and they said, have you watched Locke? And I was like, no, what's that? And they were like, it's literally about a guy, Tom Hardy. He sits in the front seat of his car and that's the whole movie. And I was like, what? And then yeah, that's that's what sparked my interest. Hmm. So I heard, it via, I heard about it via friends so people who had watched it right but i'd never heard of it before but it had 33 nominations for awards and it won seven awards which is that's actually it's pretty good yeah i think what makes the film so good is the well challenging it's not challenging in a point of how how do you shoot it no it was it's wait right wait wait we'll get there carry on but i think how how do you keep a, a person glued to the screen for that amount of time with just this one action mm. action happening because i mean i remember you told me the idea around the film then when i started watching the film i was like okay cool don't know what to expect here we go and then then i remember when he's driving and then the phone calls so i was like oh wait we're gonna be and then i was like uh ah. okay but then all the stuff that was happening i was like yeah, yeah this film shouldn't work mm. it actually shouldn't work in theory it doesn't yeah. make any sense like i was looking forward to see tom holland you know you're like yeah we're gonna see tom holland it's gonna be great i wanna when i heard the voice i was like that's tom no holland. this is the okay i didn't search the cast the only person i knew that was in it was tom hardy right tom hardy, yeah. so basically this whole film was an experiment stephen knight's got the idea to think can we do an entire film by filming just one actor in front of uh, behind the wheel in a car um and so he decided well let me try it let's see if it works um and he also the idea was what can be shot in the short shortest space of time with a talented group of actors and that's literally what they did with this film so yeah. the whole movie is actually about an ordinary person that's that's the aim. So the protagonist is just this ordinary dude, yeah. someone you wouldn't normally make a film about. Like that that's that's no. literally the main character and you then see the heroism within him. And so um yeah, this is the crazy part about the shooting, the 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 production of you ready Ryan. Yeah. 
So the movie had an unconventional shooting schedule. Tom Hardy filmed his part in six days. Yep. Shooting the movie twice per night as it was filmed in a single take. That was good. And then the other actors mm. all were sitting in a hotel room speaking on the phone with Hardy. So that was all real time. They were actually mm. phoning him um, who was on location. And the film shot during the course of six, ni six nights with three cameras rolling. Yeah. That is insane. They literally had a, a six-day shoot. Like, what movie have you heard as a six-day... Do you understand what I'm saying? And how old did they do? How much did they make? I actually didn't look Is at it? the... That didn't, yeah. But, like, that's the, the yeah. crazy part. And then this, this blew my mind. This actually blew my mind. Tom Hardy, the whole time, was reading his lines from Auto-Q. He didn't know his lines. He literally admit. I watched an interview where he admitted ah. that he was literally reading his lines. He actually said that he he's never done a film before where he didn't know what he was doing. Like everything about this film was like complete, like spur of the moments yeah. and and like reaction. And it really the whole thing really was a, a like an experiment. And what was cool about this was Tom Hardy even said this: "You're not watching a film. You're actually watching someone's life fall apart in a space of yep. 18 minutes." All in a car. Yeah, all in a car. Like that's that's literally what you're watching. But this is what I thought was really cool. So the other actors were in the hotel room from 9 p.m. to 4 a.m. So they'd literally stay sitting up because that's how long the, the, the trip was. Um, so they, they'd stay up and then they'd obviously be calling him. And Tom Hardy, if you watch him in the film, you can actually see as the drive goes on, he, he starts looking more and more exhausted. He yeah. gets like dark um, patches under his eyes. Mm. And that's actually because he really was driving for that long. You know, uh, so uh, like he was really going through what yeah. like Ivan Locke would have actually really been going through. Mm. But for me, this was what the cool part was. So like I said, I didn't search the cast beforehand. Or I might have, but I don't I didn't remember like yeah. I, I knew Tom Hardy was in it. And with the 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 other characters, because you only see Tom Hardy's character, you only see Ivan Locke, you don't yeah. see any of the other characters, you don't see his two sons, his wife, um, the chick that's giving birth to his child, his boss, he's the, the guy that works for him, you mm. literally don't see anyone else. So as um, an audience, you are actually requested to use your imagination. Right. Which you don't normally do in films. No. I know in books you do that. So like I know when I read a book, um, you, you the whole time you obviously are requested to use mm. your imagination. But with the, with films, you don't normally have to use your imagination because they're going to show you everything. The, the most you'd have to use your imagination is like off screen. You know, how like something happens off yeah. screen, but you don't see it. But obviously mm. the actor reacts to it or whatever. Yeah. But with this, you really had to use your imagination. And... Um, like I didn't recognize Tom Holland's voice. I actually didn't recognize really? his voice. No. Mm. I, afterwards, I was like, "Oh, okay. flip!" That's, and mm. even um, the guy that acted as Donald, I know that actor because he was the antagonist in the Sherlock Holmes series. I know right. he he freaked me out. He played yeah. Moriarty. Yeah. I didn't recognize his voice. Like I literally didn't recognize yeah. anyone's voice. And I even think mm. the the one of the actors was in The Crown. Yes, um, Olivia Coleman. She played the Queen in season three and four oh, of The okay. Crown. Didn't recognize her. Like I literally didn't recognize anyone's voice. But I think it was because I was using my own imagination to mm. re to think up the wife and to. So I was seeing the characters 
in my own way. Do you understand? Yeah. Like it was my imagination mm. that kind of like tricked me out of not recognizing the the other actors' voices, which I thought yeah. was was really really cool. Um, so I really enjoyed that, and also it's something different for a film because you don't normally have to use your imagination yeah, yeah, yeah. when it comes to to film. So it was. For me, it was very good storytelling. It was drama to the 10th, like, or the nth degree, should I say. And it wasn't boring. I can honestly say it was not boring. Yeah. I think at first, you kind of like, when you realize, wait, the camera's not leaving the car. You're like, ah. Like, I think everyone's like, oh. Yeah. But like, by the end of the film, you were f you were fully into it. I think the only thing for us was we didn't like the ending. I think I'm kind of glad that, that I knew that, yeah, that, it, that yes. it's going to take part. Because... Um, I don't know how many people... I'm sure for any ordinary people who were expecting some sort of action, because I, th I think that's where, where I was kind of let down about the film, was that, <clears throat> you know, you were hoping to at least see the, the building site or at least see the baby. him no, okay, not the baby. fix things with his wife. wife or, yeah. I wanted him to fix things with yeah, his wife. Yeah, same. Like, at least something. Yeah. But then we just left it there and you had to use... You had to like think about it. Okay, the building site was sorted because you know that's the but last. But he still lost call. his job. Yeah, well, we didn't really care, but I didn't care about that. I was just the building site, all, all the stuff that was at stake. <clears throat> uh, so basically, I exactly what he said. He said, uh, "I, you know, when I got in this car, I had a job, I had a wife, wife, family, family with a kid, and now I've I don't have I don't have either any yeah yeah." And and especially because um, also I, I I can't imagine a wife just saying no don't come here and then that's it the end. You know what I mean? At least some something's got to you know. A couple of days later, okay, fine, let's talk about it. I realized I clicked. Okay, we need you know you you naughty OQ, but you know you've got a son and mm. you know what I'm saying. Like at least something. Yeah. But it's nothing. I think it it once again pulls on. Maybe the audience's imagination, like it almost leaves it up to the person yeah. to be like, you know what? They did make right. But, or, it, or, yeah. but there's no happy ending. No, there isn't a happy <laughs> so ending. It leaves you in, in that intense, you know, at, at least when, when there's a happy ending to a film. You're like, it, there's it, relief. Yeah. It changes your mood and you leave it with that feeling. But with this, it just it just left you there. You know, I think that's exactly why Tom Hardy, because he described it as this isn't a film. You're just watching a man's life fall apart for 80 minutes. Like, yeah. I think that's why he describes it as that as well, yeah. because it really is like that. Mm. Like there's no there's no happy ending. There, yeah, it, it was the fact that this thing, it really was an experiment and it worked. That's the yeah. crazy part. That's what gets me. I'm like, oh my goodness. Because even the mm. filming schedule, like you can see they didn't really, like it, it wasn't... I'd say the, the, the biggest budget probably would have been like the cameras, maybe the car, but I mean, they could have used one of the crew's cars, yeah. fuel maybe, and then paying the actors. Mm. And then, you know, like otherwise, like, because yeah. they filmed at nights, they didn't film, obviously, because he was driving yeah. through night. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So just to give you some um, quick trivia facts. So this um, film, Tom Hardy plays a man traveling from Birmingham to London. So that's, that's where he's going, Birmingham to London, which I think took him, what, eight hours uh, well, we don't know because we didn't see him arrive. So yeah, but yeah, and then so he drives a BMW, and apparently, um, the the BMW used in the film um, is installed with a low low fuel warning sound or alert, and it would make a noise whenever the car was running out of petrol. 
And the noise actually would disrupt Tom Hardy's performance, but director Stephen kept the actor's frustrated reactions in the movie and substituted the car's noise with you have a call waiting instead. And that, I don't know if you picked uh, it up, right? Every time it was like, you have a call waiting. He never picked it up. And I was always like, why is he not picking it up? Yeah. But it's because um, they were just they were just substituting the 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 car the fuel alert sound with which i thought was was quite clever because obviously it wouldn't make any sense if the car was saying low fuel and then he was like i'm two hours away and then low fuel up yeah because they never ever obviously show him stop at a, a petrol station yeah and then tom hardy's acting was insane Honestly, it was one of his best performances. For me, I'm always impressed when an actor can act completely ordinary. Like, I don't know if you remember 13 Lives. The guys, Colin Farrell and all of the guys, Viggo um, Mortensen, they were, what got me was they were acting like normal, everyday, ordinary dudes. Like, they weren't acting like, you know, the hero, the superhero, the villain. The, they were acting as like, mm. you know, just like me and you right now. Like, the yeah. fact that he did that. And then also, he's cold. So, obviously, Ivan Locke throughout the film has a cold he even he blows his nose he takes medication all of that but apparently that was written into the script because actor tom hardy had a cold during production oh okay how clever so, is that so that at least took took uh it, it, it helped because they were shooting and they did the whole movie in one kind of take. yeah like a single take then oh, it wasn't brilliant. like cut i need to blow my nose hang on <sighs> okay okay action continuity <sighs> we need to go back um, so, and then on top of that, so to spice things up and to keep Tom Hardy on his toes. And I think this is also the cool part is like Tom Hardy really was challenged with like his acting in this because first of all, he said he didn't know his lines. So he was doing the whole auto cue yeah. thing. But on top of that, uh, the director would tell things to the actors on the phone um, while they were busy shooting the scenes that Tom Hardy didn't know. So for example, for some takes, he would tell Ruth Wilson, who plays the wife, Katrina, um, sorry, Kat, Katrina, yeah, Katrina, that was her name, to play her character like she wanted to kick Ivan out of the house for, for a while and now she's finally had the opportunity, which would obviously give her a very, like, um, almost harsh response or, yeah. like, a like a very, you know, like, like harsh and, well, like... Well, she says, and I remember one line, she said, she said um, now to come to think about it, You've always just been about your buildings. Yeah. So it's it's been for a while now. It's been like this. And so. then the cement's on the floor, how he always walks the cement yeah. in on the kitchen floor. And yeah. you know, she was hectic, man. I was like, no, man, give him give him a chance. What's mm. wrong with you? I'm like the poor son. Yeah. Because he's like all excited about his dad and yeah. And then also Tom Hardy actually requested, so he made two requests when he accepted the role. Obviously, he, he said to Stephen Knight that he wanted him to be involved with his miniseries. But also he said, number one, that he wanted the character to have a chunky jumper. Um, and to keep his beard. And the reason was that because the reason for that was because both things reminded Tom Hardy of the ship, a captain of a ship, and he felt like Locke was steering his way through a storm. And so that's why he kind of like wanted that whole that whole look. And also like mm. he's caught like this film was actually brilliant. Like he literally just wore one thing and yeah, no, it was really good. Also the reason Stephen Knight chose Tom Hardy was because he thought he was the only actor that audiences would would almost... He was the only actor that could sustain audiences watching one actor in a car for 80 minutes. So in other words, he was the only man that that 
that um, Stephen trusted to capture the audience's attention for 80 minutes, which he did do, which I think he, he yeah. did a, a phenomenal job. Mm. And then his accents. So Tom Hardy, honestly, love, one of the best things is his accents. I love his accents. So apparently he did a Welsh accent, mm. but then this is the funny part. So... He has a friend and his friend is Welsh and he was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, base my accents off of that man. So he's my inspiration for my accent. So he does the whole film only to realize afterwards that the guy that he, he, he based his accent on isn't, isn't Welsh. Oh, okay. So he literally in interviews... I wonder what it was. Literally in interviews he was saying... Um, so one lady asked him, how are people like reacting to the film? And it was like, people are saying that I've done a really bad interpretation of a Welsh accent. And I have because the accent I based it off of was not a Welsh accent. So like, I apologize. But I actually think it's quite funny that he did that. But the, 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 the man that he based his accent off of was not It actually reminded me of, of, of more of an Irish accent. Yeah. Um, you know the who was the previous James Bond? Not not Daniel Craig. No, the, the one before. Um, not Pierce Morgan, right? It's Pierce Morgan. Now Pierce Morgan, I, I believe, is more f from sort of North, sort of English. And I was watching an interview with him, and the way that he spoke reminded me of the way this guy. Oh, serious? Yeah, yeah. In fact. There was one interview that he did with with Jimmy Kimmel, and he did a painting, and this was the specific line that reminded me of the way that, in in this movie, um, he did a painting, and he brought it out, and he's like, "This is for you," and he's like, "This is for me," and he repeated exact, "This is for you," but exact <laughs> like there's yes. just this weird uh, sort of way that, that he talks, yeah. that the way this guy like he ends everything up with a yeah, an accent, like, you know, and yeah. I'm driving. Yes, okay, so yes, very, yes. Yeah. But also what Tamadi said was the reason they specifically chose this accent was um, they wanted they wanted to to represent like a working man and they said that um i don't i i, I don't i'm south african so I'm, i cannot comment on the men of the uk but he was saying that like a lot of good hard working men come out of wales and even though they've got a very like soft gentle nature because if you listen to the way he speaks mm. he's very gentle like there mm. are the moments where he got like angry and stuff but he was often very was calm yeah. That, that was more him venting. Yes. Because he and would, more to himself. He would have to yeah. he, he kept everything under pressure. Yes. Like yeah, he not under pressure, but under pressure he kept everything yeah. together. So like even like with his wife, with Bethany, it. with yeah. um with uh, Donald, yeah. with all of them, he, he mm. had this like soothing tone. And he said he wanted that. He wanted it that when he spoke, he um, there was almost like the soothing um tone yeah. to his voice and which which he did mm. do very, very well. As if as if he's handling it. Mm. Yeah, what what made what gave this film uh, what made it more of an intensity to me is how he had to switch emotional roles. Yes, because I like I'm sure for a lot of you, you you've maybe had a emotional moment, whether it's like a, a fight with someone, and then you've had to immediately like sort of um, go into sort of like professional mode or something. Like let's say you just got off the phone, like an in intense emotional conversation, and then you've had to like like i think the best example is go back to work and sort of uh face like a challenge with your colleague and you've had to literally just like just shove that emotion and then come back to it later like that i literally felt like he was he was changing those and you, you could feel the intensity between yeah. switching between all of them and none of them knew what else was going on yes he didn't ever say like 
Listen, dude, you need to do this because I'm really busy losing my wife. And the woman and her is in a umbilical cord. But I wrapped her up. <laughs> and on top of it, da, da, da. so we need this man. Can you run down? Can you go get it? So it's it like, yo, you, you, yeah. you really felt how he was just really holding stuff yeah. together. Yeah. So during the phone call, uh, sorry, during the drive to London, this is the stats. So you're ready for the stats. There were 36 phone calls that took place in this film. Great. 13 outgoing. So he phoned 13 people. I was people. wondering about his cell phone bill, yeah. 21 incoming, mm -hmm. one ignored call, and one went to voicemail. And at least half the calls ended with I Ivan either being hung up on or Ivan hanging up on a caller. I'm driving. So those are the, the driving stats for this film. Yes. Yeah. So I think what, what, what I liked about the film was it was just a very like real depiction of like someone in crisis. And like even Tom Hardy said when, when he was asked, like, how have people been responding to the film? Like um, some guys said it's too close to home. Like literally like people were and then other people were like, so did they get back together? Did the wife get like, what, like, like people were, yeah. it was like, I think it's, people can relate to this. Mm. Like you said, you can relate to it because you're watching someone. And even though maybe you haven't been in, in his exact situation, it's that whole thing of you have to face something with family and then immediately like push it down and like get onto your, like, to your professional role. and then put, and like even the, mm. what I thought was very clever was when they did the, the sequences where he's talking to his dad and um, now his dad is dead and his dad was was a messed up dude that like mm. abandoned him as a kid and so he basically doesn't want to repeat the mistakes of his father which is what drives him forward mm. actually in the film it's his driving points but he's and his dad's dead but he he talks so he sees his dad sitting at the back of the car not that you see you literally don't see the dad at first you're like what is he looking at i was like that's really strong cough medicine yeah yeah because it only <laughs> happens after that and then he, he like speaks to his dad and that's mm. when he really like vents and you can understand okay this is why he's making mm. the decisions that he's making um no and the whole film is about a guy who who messes up and has an affair once and you know some people were like nope this dude is this dude is trash or this dude is but like other people were like you know with his job he was he he, he wouldn't even let even when he'd been fired mm. he wasn't prepared for the job to like fall to to yeah. smithereens so he like still fixed it um you could see by the way that his kids responded to him that he really was a good dad and even when um sorry your name wasn't bethany your name was bethan but even when she said do you love me he wasn't prepared to just yeah. say yes just to get out of it like so, yeah he was very honest he was very <laughs> he honest he was quite straight yeah. up honest he and was, yeah he wasn't prepared to admit mm. to feelings he didn't have just mm. to get out and I think I was watching mm. a review and the guy said this um, which I thought was very very good he said that the moral of this this film is actually that this guy Ivan Locke was prepared to suffer under truth rather than prosper under a lie yeah and I thought there was a very good mm. description because that's exactly what the film is about. In the beginning of the film, you see he has to make a decision. You don't know what that. You don't know why he's making a decision. Or afterwards, you obviously click. Mm. Oh, okay. But he has to make a decision there. Do I drive home and just act as if this never ever ever happened, or do I go to the hospital and you know be there for this child that that I caused and or, and mad lose yeah. my job, lose my family, but do the right thing? And yeah, he obviously he makes he chooses truth. Yeah. Um, even though he probably should have chosen it like five months before that or like yeah. when he got home like his life probably would have turned out to be a lot better but you know in that moment he had to choose between suffering under the truth or prospering under a lie mm. and and he chose the the mm. truth yeah i guess i can ask 
all our viewers or our listeners, uh, what would you have done? What would you have done? Mm. Hmm. Hectic. <laughs> Your life changes in 80 minutes. I think I would have gone home. Not, not ignoring the woman. I would have gone home and laid it out with my wife, what, what's happened, what's happening. And then we would have together tried to help the woman. I'm sure that would have worked out Gone better. together. Because he, the wife was kind of still with him. She was mm. just trying to hit. And then when she realized that he's still... <laughs> he's still on he's the still way. He's still working. <laughs> he's like, what? You're telling me you're still pouring concrete? And then, yeah. yeah that's, that's when she... I suppose, yeah, shame. you have to see the wife's side as well. Yeah. And then the wife even mm. says, because he's like, it was once. And then she said, the difference between once mm. and never is is huge. Mm. It's It's... It's everything, basically. Yeah. So, which I also agree with. Mm. I do agree with that. Like, you can't just say, "Oh no, it's just yeah. once," because that doesn't. Yeah, people doesn't should count. watch this film, and and, and they really should. And if you're married, and 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 if you have that temptation in that <laughs> moment, watch this just, film. Just think back to this film and be like, "I don't want to be stuck in a car for any minutes." And, <laughs> Driving to. And there, I, there, I lose my job, and I uh, know. Now, moral of the story is: mm. be honest, straight up. That's it, from the get go. Lay the block and go Because she home. even flipped when she's like, you came home and you were smiling. You were smiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you thought you were such a champion. Yeah. It's like I was trying to act normal. Like nothing was wrong. But, but why would you? Don't, mm. don't do that. Don't do that, people. Yeah. But a very good film. Very good film. For the, the fact, I think for me, the storyline, like you said, it ends in a way that's like, mm. ugh. But the fact that this film worked, like the concept and the days that they took to shoot it, and the fact that it's one character that you see on screen the whole, it, it, it really worked. Yeah, absolutely. You basically drove in a car with someone for 80 minutes silently watching them. Yeah. That's what we did. Yeah. So this has been the movie show. Here on Active FM. Until next week. Cheerio. Peace. Active FM, the Netflix of radio. But better.